What do you call crows that stick together? I don't know, Andy. What do you call crows that stick together? Velcros. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I like it as an opening segment <laughs> idea, but because we've not done that yet. <laughs> but you can do better than that. Oh, I don't know if I can. Welcome to Voice for TV! Welcome to Voice for TV! I'm Luke. And I'm not. And in this podcast, we talk about things that we have learnt and try and teach each other things. Indeed. We have each uh, picked two random topics out of a fez. Out of a fez, that's right. And um, then we go away and we find something to talk about within those topics. Yeah, that's true. Uh, this is going to be our last episode for a while. We're going to take our... Oh, well, we're going to call it a mid-season break, because because that's what I've decided to call it. Uh, well, we'll take we'll take a bit of time just over over the festive period, and I think at the end we will draw our things right. for for the for whenever we next yeah for, for the next one we'll draw it, and then that'll be the ones so that it's on tape yeah on tape and then. We've got something to listen to to remind us exactly <laughs> to do the research exactly because we're definitely going to forget. Yeah. Uh, so, what have you got today? Today, I have art and drink. Ooh. I've been waiting to do something for art for quite some time because I've been <laughs> sat on something. Um, and drink, I seem to be doing every week. Yeah, it's great. I love it. I love it when you get a drink. Uh, I've got musical theatre and the miscellaneous. Musical theatre. I've not had musical theatre yet. You can I've get all it, the theatre ones. I've had musical theatre so many times. Yeah. <laughs> I'm struggling. I think we need to start taking them out of the rotation for like a week. Yeah, the ones we, that might we, keep getting. <laughs> we might have to. Might have to. This podcast that's... is still on episode 15? fifteen. Fifteen. It's still very much a work in progress. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's never going to change. <laughs> Should we crack on? Yeah, sure. Straight in with topic number one. I'm going to come straight in with art. We haven't had an art topic for a while. I think I was the last person to do art. And I spoke about the... Turner Prize. Turner Prize. A little bit different. We're not doing modern art today. We are doing um, Renaissance art. Ooh. Uh, There is an aspect of Renaissance art. Is it Renaissance or Renaissance I've always said Renaissance, but there is an aspect of Renaissance art that I particularly want to talk about, and that is the Renaissance sex weasel. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. On board. (laughs) (laughs) Here we go. Do you want to give somebody a memorable wedding gift? Why not take inspiration from Renaissance art and give them a painting of a sexy weasel? (laughs) I mean, like, it is... Oh, really God. prominent. So in the 16th century, like weasel was a catch-all term for anything like a, a stoat or a ferret or a marten or a sable or a mink, which is like anything that's got like a long yeah. thin body, like that's a weasel. Um, and it's a bit like me, I'm a weasel. You are a weasel. Weasels appeared a lot in Renaissance portraits of high-ranking noble women. Okay. And I mean, a lot, there's a lot of examples of them out there. And they represent a, a fascinating language of sexual symbolism. <laughs> uh-huh. um, I mean, there's a lot of. It's well established that I am a weasel now, so. Yeah. Very sexy. Well, we'll get into exactly what some of these symbols are, what, what exactly they represent in certain <laughs> paintings. Okay. 
Uh, but there's a few different things, but they're all tied with sex and sexuality Excellent. and uh, fertility. So number one is they were often used as fertility talismans. Okay, so weirdly, um, I didn't know this until I started researching this topic. In the Renaissance... That's a third way of saying it. <laughs> <laughs> so weasels were believed to conceive through their ear and give birth through their mouth. <laughs> Okay. This and that's nothing sexier than that. Uh, it, but what it does is it draws a parallel to the conception of Christ, because Mary conceived when the angel Gabriel whispered in her ear. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. So that's that's an image I don't need in my head. <laughs> and something she whispered, didn't need in hers. Whispered. <laughs> there was a really popular wedding gift, which would be they would commission a portrait of the bride. Um, and a lot of these portraits are of them holding some sort of mink pelt or a live animal and touching their womb. Right. As sort of a talisman for fertility. Okay. Uh, okay. Right. Uh, like a blessing from God. <laughs> a weasel. Yep. Sex weasels. Sex weasels. Why is that? I, I, why? Why? Why a weasel? Why? Apart from the... Well, we're getting into why. Sperm in the air. What's yeah, it's on? fertility. They're a fertility symbol. Why? <laughs> because they can conceive through their ears. No, they like can't. Just like Mary did. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Um, <laughs> that was unintentional. <laughs> I mean, like, uh, it's an audio medium, but I do have some images for Andy. Okay. Just to, you know, prove that, like, here is... Oh, no, I believe you. ...a woman touching where her womb should be with a... Where well, her womb should, should be. be? What's wrong with her? <laughs> <laughs> with a with an animal pelt over her shoulder. Uh, yeah, lovely. And here's another... Also, there, I mean, there's... It's not the only thing that weasels were used for in Renaissance art. Like, here is a woman who clearly already has a child. Yeah. And also has her animal pelt draped over her. So... There was a lot of paintings of women who were clearly already pregnant or had children with animal pelts, uh, with their weasels, with their sex weasels. <laughs> it was observed to be a good luck token for a safe and successful childbirth. Right. So when they've already got a child. I mean, that child... When was, they're pregnant. That, the child in that other picture was definitely like seven or eight. So this is, this is years after she's given birth to it. Some believed, it says here, that wearing weasel fur directly on the skin could help ease childbirth. Letters between Christina de Medici, the Grand Duchess of Tuscany, mm-hmm. and her daughter Catherine, for instance, show that the dowager sent her daughter an ermine or marmont pelt when Catherine was believed to be pregnant, claiming that it helped her during the birth of her children. Right. And now we get into the fun stuff. Excellent. So weasels can be fertility symbols, uh, blessing, you know, the wedding nuptials and hoping for conception. They can also help childbirth. Uh, the child come in safely. Are and... you about to tell me that people laid out weasel skins on a bed? No, no, this is this is purely about art. Okay. Um, and the weasels' <laughs> representation in art. Right. But obviously. There is something that a weasel obviously represents. Yeah. 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 Weasels can be phallic symbols. Yeah. I mean, we've just done long and thin. Yeah. Long, thin. Yeah. Bodies. Um, (laughs) 
So oh, this example is... What are they doing to this weasel? Oh, no, nothing um, nothing disastrous. So this painting here, this is of Camilla Gonzaga. Oh, yeah, I recognise her. Yeah, yeah. okay. Uh, and her three sons, just in case anybody wants to Google the image for themselves. So it's a very famous painting. She's got her three sons at her waist there, and she also obviously has the, the weasel over her shoulder, <laughs> which she is... Uh, yeah. Which she's also holding. Um, now, innocent enough on its own. Yeah. Like, doesn't really. There's not a lot there to tell you that this is particularly a sex weasel, other than it's in a Renaissance painting. Um, <laughs> but it was commissioned by her husband and it had a companion piece. So her husband commissioned this yeah. to hang alongside a portrait of himself. Okay, and there's the, the, t- uh, the portrait of him. Now, can you, for the benefit of our listeners, Tell me anything in that portrait that is particularly striking. Um, I mean, there's... I mean, the codpiece is very impressive. Yeah, that's the thing that we're looking for, yeah. <laughs> um, it's a rather extravagant, shall we say. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, a dolman for his crotch. His, his, his codpiece is um, uh, aroused, we'll say. Yeah. So, remember that these two paintings were commissioned by him to hang side by side. Yeah. So, he faces her, she faces him. She's kind of giving him an almost, like, knowing look, touching her... Touching her weasel. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And if you'll notice, the uh, one child of the three that is at her waist is... There's one is of them. looking directly at the codpiece. It's looking directly at the codpiece. Yeah. So this essentially is one huge celebration of his virility. Yeah. There's a, there, just on the right hand side of his picture, is that statue touching itself? Uh, it looks like it's actually grasping a sword to me. Okay. I, I, I've only got it a might brief be a glance. slightly better. Yeah. Yep. Oh, and there's the eye line you can see. Yeah. <laughs> I swear that statue is touching itself. I mean, it might well be, as uh, as discussed. It, it it's all about so it's all about his boner. Yeah, it's all about his boner <laughs> and his giant man sperm. <laughs> I don't know if having giant sperm is a good thing. Uh, so this is Count San uh, Secondo. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, and it's yeah. These two portraits were commissioned by him just to brag about. Is dick. Is dick. <laughs> and the Renaissance sex weasel is part of that. Great. I mean, that's all art is, and really. That anyway, is her it? showing her pride in her man. It's a bit weird that the photo that's celebrating his manhood includes his three children, one of which is staring at his yeah. jack. That's bizarre. Uh, I think that one is... The one that is looking directly at his junk is his eldest son as well, so it's thought possibly that that is him... Contemplation. <laughs> I was going to say, contemplating, contemplating, contemplating. Thank you. Contemplating the the role that he's going to have to step into eventually, the manly role. He's going to fuck his mum, is he? Fucking hope not. <laughs> That's what I've got to live up to. <laughs> so uh, another example, yeah, is weasels as a sign of purity. Okay. Uh, so this is quite a. Famous. This is Lady with an Ermine by Leonardo da Vinci from 1490. It might be one you recognise. Oh, yeah. uh, and is possibly the most famous painting of a sex weasel. 
I mean, it's mostly about the lady, but you can agree <laughs> that the not... weasel is quite Very... prominently yeah. placed in like the portrait. Front and centre. Yeah, and it's a live weasel. A lot of them tend to be pelts oh, really? being worn, yeah. As in she posed with a weasel? I think they used some creative licence. It might just... It might be a... Uh, it could be a stuffed weasel, I suppose. <laughs> oh, don't say stuffed weasel in this context. <laughs> <laughs> She's touching her stuffed weasel. So it says here... Um, like many others of his day, Leonardo believed that the white ermine uh, would rather give themselves up to hunters rather than risk spoiling their pristine fur in the chase. The white weasel can therefore be understood as a symbol of the girl's purity. Um. Yeah, I don't know if that's just really bad phrasing on the part of the author of this article, or if it really does mean what both of our minds have just kind of jumped to. Oh no! I was thinking, Paul, that that weasel is not going to not run away because it's got a white coat. It was a white oh, okay. Coat. I was okay. I was I was completely clean-minded for once. No, I wasn't. <laughs> I thought that was quite dark. <laughs> oh, go on. Rather give themselves up than risk spoiling their pristine fur in in heavy quotations the chase. Oh, 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 oh. yeah, yeah. Where, Again, that could is, just be my where's this article dark from? interpretation. This is on ridiculous, ridiculouslyinteresting.com. Excellent. Well, I mean, it, they're, they're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> However, this is really interesting. The portrait depicts the pregnant 16-year-old mistress of Leonardo's employer, the Duke of Milan. <laughs> um, the Duke belong- so the white, the white weasel is a bit... Ironic. Well, no, um, I mean, it could be thought to be a symbol of the girl's purity, but as she's pregnant, um, the Duke belonged to a society of knights known as the Order of the Ermine, so the weasel also stands for him. Oh, okay. That's why she's stroking it so tenderly. Notice how sensuously she strokes the weasel. (laughs) And how weirdly muscular it is. (laughs) It does have, actually, quite the bicep on it. That fucking weasel lifts. Look at that delt. Bloody hell, the shoulders on that thing. So it's both meant to be a symbol of the girl's purity and the Duke's virility. Oh, Jesus. G. Leonardo. Oh. Um, this is also quite a famous portrait of Queen Elizabeth I uh, with a white weasel. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I've seen that picture. Yeah, but you'd never notice the weasel the down there by Just her don't stroke uh, left it like that. Don't, don't stroke the weasel, Luke. Don't do that. That's weird. That's the weasel on my computer screen. For the yeah. <laughs> Yeah, for the listeners. <laughs> but I mean, she was, you know, she never married, so she was sometimes referred to as the Virgin Queen. Yeah. Uh, so that one probably does represent her purity. Yeah. I get that. Yep. Uh, and then finally, we have final symbol listed within this article weasels as status symbols. Okay. So historically, uh, Sable and Martin fur is very valuable. So to paint it into your portrait, say, oh, look what I own, this lovely bit of fur. Yeah. Um, look how much money I have. So it could just simply be a symbol of her high standing in society. However, oh, there's an interesting tidbit here. These pelts were often sometimes known as flea furs because they were believed to draw fleas away from biting noble women's skin. Oh, nice. Which is why they were often depicted and why they often had them in the first place. Or, you know, just have a bath. Or just have a bath. Here's another one. It must be Queen Liz holding a, a little dead weasel down here. A rather floppy-looking weasel. <laughs> However, in addition to social and financial success, weasels could also indicate reproductive success. Mm. 
uh, an important measure of a woman's value during the period with high infant mortality rates, as demonstrated in this 1584 portrait. Um, the painting was commissioned by Laudomino Gonzardini, okay. who uh, sits on the right, and her sister Ginevra. Ginevra. Geneva on the left uh, gave birth. She gave birth six times before her death at age twenty-eight, with three sons who survived infancy. Uh, so in this portrait, she's got a little thing on her lap here. Yeah, that is to represent her success at giving birth. Excellent. Good for her. Yeah. Shame she died. How old was she? Twenty. Twenty-eight. Great. So we're both now older than she was. And she'd had six kids. She had six kids. Three of which had survived. Well, that that's, must be more. Which good, is yeah. quite an achievement. <clears throat> Back in at the, the day. time, yeah. yeah. To survive me. one kid was quite an achievement. So, which sexy weasel would you choose as a wedding gift? <laughs> Childbirth weasel, phallic weasel, purity weasel, or success weasel? I mean, it depends who's getting married. Depends whose <laughs> wedding it is, I guess. I mean, for yours, it would it would definitely be the uh, phallic weasel. Phallic weasel. Yeah, and, and I wouldn't even need to put a weasel in it. I'd just paint myself into it. Honestly, it would. I would quite like a picture of you know, like a really dramatic battle scene, like a knight on a horse. Except the horse is the weasel. <laughs> Compensating much. Yeah. I, while while you were reading that, I had a thought, and now I'm looking at it. I'm pretty convinced that I'm right. You know the song Pop Goes the Weasel? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm pretty sure that song's about sex, after what you've just said. Okay, and what draws you to that conclusion? Uh, Well, we only know, like, the the, the main verse that we all know is is the half a pound of tuppany rice, half a pound of treacle, that's the way your money goes, Pop Goes the Weasel. Sure. The second and third verses, which I didn't know existed... Go every night when I go out, the monkey's on the table. Take a stick and knock it off, pop goes the weasel. Then up and down the city road, in and out the eagle. Yeah. That's the way the money goes, pop goes the weasel. I, I think that it's about sex. I can definitely buy that interpretation. Pop goes the weasel? That's grim. <laughs> <laughs> Renaissance sex weasels. Lovely. There was a huge trend in the 16th century... Of young women being painted with phallic and fertility symbols. And prior to recording, you said you've been wanting to talk about this subject for a while. You've been sat on this for ages. You've been sat on sex weasels for ages. I've been sat on sex weasels for a while, yeah. As soon as I found (laughs) out about it, I was like, oh, that'd be really good to talk about on the podcast, but I need to wait for art to come up. (laughs) Sex weasels. And now if I get art for next week, I've got nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Next week? Well, next whenever we next do podcast. the next one, yeah. It's never next week anyway. <laughs> Musical theatre. Yes. Again. Again. Um so I didn't know one more. I didn't know what to do for musical theatre. So I just thought, right, what are what are the weirdest musicals ever done? So I found five. Yeah. I think I found five. It was five. Yeah, five. One of which we've already spoken about a little bit previously but the other ones i thought we'll go and and find original ones uh these are all real great i'm just gonna throw that out there are any of them 
I mean, none of them are currently on, but are any <laughs> of them, like, were they on at the moment? Or? Um, I think so. I'd so. love to see a properly bizarre... Oh, no, not, no, I don't think any of them are currently running. Oh, that's a shame. They might, uh, one, two might be, but, but not, like, properly big, not big stages. Some of these are off-Broadway. Yeah, like kind of thing. Uh, Triassic Park. I'm Park. already hooked. Park spelled P-A-R-Q. It's de- that's definitely what the Jurassic World should have been called. <laughs> <laughs> Triassic Park came out in 2010. Uh, it's a musical comedy from the novel slash film Jurassic Park, told from the perspective of the dinosaurs. Excellent. <laughs> oh, I didn't know I needed this. A clan of genetically engineered female dinosaurs is thrown into chaos when one of them spontaneously turns male. <laughs> I fucking Why? love that. Why haven't I ever thought that that is a story that needed to be told <laughs> after watching Jurassic Park going, hang on a minute. <laughs> what happens when Deborah turns up the next morning? <laughs> That's excellent. It's... Oh, I, I need to I need to find like any of the music. I was gonna say, like I'm I'm gonna like give Spotify a little search as <laughs> as we talk about this to see if any of the Unbelievable <laughs> uh, the, been, uh, any of these the, songs have been recorded. The the cast includes people like T Rex One, T Rex Two, Mimosaurus, which is one of our favourites, and Morgan Freeman as a character. Oh, <laughs> The New Yorker reviewed it. One of the most entertaining youth culture musicals in recent years. Okay, um, there is a 2012 album on Spotify, Triassic <laughs> Park, on the musical. Absolutely amazing. <laughs> uh, with tracks such as Science, <laughs> Power Ballad. Nice. Keep it simple. And <laughs> Hello Little Goat slash Dick Fix Reprise. <laughs> Fucking love it. Hello, little goo. <laughs> so, yeah, I definitely need to see Triassic Park. Yeah, this sounds incredible. <laughs> I'm, li- I'm, I'm adding this to my queue. I've got to listen to that. That sounds brilliant. Uh, number two, Silence, the musical. Yeah. <laughs> In 2005, it's a parody musical version of The Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> The, two, the 1991 Best Picture winner, Silence of the Lambs, in musical form. It's, I suppose, like, it's, it's meant to be brilliant. The musical clearly follows the film plot and characters, drawing the comedy out of the exaggerated versions of the characters. With songs like It's Agent Starling, Put the Fucking Lotion in the Basket, <laughs> <laughs> If I Could Smell Her c- I'm going to bleep that. And Silence, performed by the Lambs. <laughs> I found it on Spotify. Amazing! It, the, the, it looks brilliant. <laughs> uh, the show won several awards, including the 2005 Outstanding Musical at the New York International Fringe Festival. So it's not a bad show. Like These two are good Good shows. Yeah, 2011. Okay, so if you want to search for it on Spotify, just a um, a little bit of a, a little thing to know. Silence has an exclamation point. Oh yeah, yeah. Silence the musical. So silence exclamation point colon the musical. Yeah. 
Uh, now we go on to the more bizarre, m- more bizarre ones. Okay, I mean, making like a loving parody homage to a film. To a film, I get that. And those are like two of the greatest films ever made. So yeah, yeah, amazing films. Number three, Hot Feet, two thousand and six musical. A classical musical premise. Okay. Yeah. Picture it. There's a beautiful dancer Got it. that just wants to make it onto a Broadway stage. Yeah, that is ninety percent of. That's pretty Broadway. standard. Pretty standard. Even though she's already a talented dancer, she puts on a pair of magical red dancing shoes and they begin to control her fate. Okay, um, uh, this, this isn't this, shit now. This isn't a ballet. Evil shoes. Yeah, evil shoes. Uh, it's a modern retelling of The Red Shoes by Hans Christian Andersen. Not one of his more famous works. <laughs> Do you know anything about The Red Shoes? No. I've, I've read a brief synopsis of it. There's a, a, a girl gets adopted or taken into a, a, a fancier family. Like taken out of poverty, and she she asks for some fancy red shoes that she's always wanted. She's had like tatty red shoes all her life. She wants some fancy red shoes. Yeah, and then she's told that she's not allowed to go to church in them. But one day, surely that's where you wear your fanciest shoes. Yeah, but only black shoes in church, Luke. Only black shoes in uh, church. Oh, sorry, of course. Uh, so she she one day she just wears them to church, and a, 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 an old man she's never seen before with a big red beard comes up to her and, and chants her shoes, like making it when it, if she starts to dance, the shoes will just take over and continue dancing and never stop. And never stop. Like she does manage to get control over over the shoes, but it takes her a while. That's that's like a, a brief condensement of of the story. This one was not well received. It had two opening nights, <laughs> two opening nights at the so National no one... Theatre in DC, Washington DC. Right. After the book went through like massive rewrites. Okay, so they opened it. They it... opened it. It didn't go very well. The they rewrote it. Like the the book, not the not the music, uh, yeah. And then reopened it, and it still didn't go very well. Uh, it was massive flop. Uh, maybe it was because all the music was written by Earth, Wind, and Fire. That is literally the only reason <laughs> I go and see that show. Are you joking? Earth, Wind, and Fire. But in that context of a girl who wants to go onto a Broadway stage and has magical shoes. I mean, the story sounds shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, put those that and Earth, Wind, and Fire is just. Is sort of like who's which is. I don't know why they agreed to do that. They sound so much better <laughs> than the premise of that show. It's bizarre. It's bizarre. Uh, number four, Princess Diana the Musical. Oh God! Now there Will is. Will they stop flogging that off? There is. There is a musical called Diana, which was meant to come out, I think, last year, and then they pushed it back. And I think they're talking about putting it on Netflix before they actually do it on stage because. Because, because of, of the apocalypse. The apocalypse. Uh, but this isn't that. This is a different one. <laughs> Princess Diana the Musical in 2013, I think. Uh, there wasn't a lot of information on this one because it's really off-Broadway. The weirdest thing about this one uh, is that it's produced in America by Americans. Yeah. And the music is on Spotify. You can find it, Princess Diana, colon, the musical. And they they... They are not trying to put on accents. I mean, they might try a bit, but it's, it's not convincing. And they do slip back into American a lot. And these are all famous British monarchs. and, and Yeah, members of the members British of the royal, royal family. family. All of them, basically. And none of them sound 
British. <laughs> it's bizarre. It's not even like you've got to do a difficult British accent. It's like the most stereo- stereotypical British accent. <laughs> you've just got to be better than Dick Van Dyke and Mary Poppins. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's the bar. Like, I've, I've, list- I've listened... This is the one that I went, right, I'm going to have to listen to something. Because that that's literally the only information that I have is that they sound American and this is a musical. So so I had to find something and it's it's really strange because in the song "The Things We Do for England" you expect to hear English accents. <laughs> you kind of semi do, but at the same time you don't. The first song on on this show in the show is called uh, I think it's like a, a, a wonderful evening at Buckingham Palace or something like that. And it's the most American. It's 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 so bizarre. It's just weird, man. I don't get it. I don't get it at all. Well, apparently nobody else did either, because I can only imagine how well this did. <laughs> well, I mean, it's on Spotify. It got a, an album. <laughs> They've released it. Number five. This is the one we've discussed briefly previously in one of my other... <laughs> musical theatre ones Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark <laughs> yeah, 2010 right. musical like previous like not anymore but previously the worst musical yeah I'm ever. aware of the yeah the Spider-Man musical didn't do very well no. but we're not going to talk about that because this is weird musicals not bad musicals uh, as previously discussed it was not a success this show literally had everything going for it Everything going the for it. Massively famous IP. Yeah, popular IP. I popular it was movie. After the, um... Popular movie to play off of because yeah. they used Sam Raimi's first one, uh, which is an amazing, amazing film. Uh, there's a bit of ancient Greek mythology in there in the story, not in the film, but they like sort of mixed in a bit of a bit ancient of Greek mythology into a Spider-Man narrative. Arc, Archne, Archne, A R C H N E. That story. Do you know that? No. A weaver who challenges Athena to a skill contest. So it's about okay. weaving and, and, and thinks she's the best at weaving. Uh, unbelievable high wire stunts, dancing and aerial combat. Yeah. So it's got all that going for it. And music and lyrics. Would be pretty incredible. Music and lyrics provided by Bono and the Edge. Really? Yes. I did not know that. Neither did I. I was Weirdly, so excited. That makes so much sense for something in the mid two thousands. It works. That I can picture. That, yeah, like, they kind of got just the of, right sound in, for what. For just give it enough of an edge. Yeah. Instead of instead no of Earth, Wind, and Fire doing a thing about a classical dancer. Hey, I want to see an Earth, Wind, and Fire musical. Yes, Are you but joking? not but not that musical. But Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark by Bono and the Edge. Yeah, I can get behind that. You can picture that. Uh, There were two versions of this show. Okay. (laughs) Why? Uh, One of them, uh, I read. I read like the opening scene for each one. Uh, The first one that they released was full of comic book motifs. So they'd have. I think the opening was was on uh, Brooklyn Bridge. With the Green Goblin dropping Mary Jane off the side, and, yeah. and Spider-Man jumping after her, like that Famous whole thing. In the Raimi yeah, that film. whole bit was done, but like the Green Goblin was uh, uh, cut out, so he looked like a comic book, and they froze in midair, so it was had all the very much like the um, Into the Spider Verse style, yeah. but on stage, trying trying to do that kind of thing, which is really edgy and would have been so cool. But I, I imagine it didn't work because people didn't get behind it and it didn't look very good because they probably didn't do it as well as they could have. So they, they rewrote the book a bit 
And then the second one opened up with just the standard Peter Parker in high school, like first origin series. Story, yeah. yeah, origin story. It's just a bit bland and seen it all before kind of thing. Yeah. So neither one worked very well because one of them went too far and couldn't deliver, and the other one went back to source material and fucked it. Gave everyone what we've already seen, kind of thing. So neither one worked very well. Yeah, but I can't imagine that just being a bit boring is enough of a crime for it to be called the worst musical ever produced. There's got to be more no, no. Going it was it, it was critically panned and ticket sales weren't very good and it lost millions. That's how we quantify that. People just didn't want to go and see it because we've got the yeah. films. You can have the by 2010, you've got the DVDs. Yeah, you can just sit at home and watch it rather than go to a theater and. By 2010, you're two years away from yet another Spider-Man origin yeah. story yeah. on film. So. Yeah, and, and Batman's already had like 12 by that point. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, those are the weirdest concepts for, for musicals. I mean, I... There were a few more that... I'm absolutely going to be listening to Triassic Park. <laughs> and the... Seriously, Princess Diana the musical. Find it and listen to at least one song. It's weird. It's like an uncanny valley, but for Brits. <laughs> It's bizarre. I I saw when I was in London. I saw Carrie the musical. Oh yeah, I know that's a musical. I didn't know that was a musical until I'd seen other people parodying that same musical or like paying homage to it. I think I don't think it was the actual like the original. The original. I think someone had reworked. And, yeah, and re- it is supposed it. to be quite good. I really enjoyed it. It was sort of off West End, like, yeah. in, a, in a bunker somewhere. It was, yeah, I quite enjoyed it's that. to see like that kind of darker story. Yeah, it was interesting. I enjoyed it. Because I reckon like... if you ask somebody what's the darkest piece of musical theatre you can think of, they're going to say Phantom of the fucking Opera. Oh, God, Dad, it's not dark, is it? Is it that dark? Well, I don't know. It might have been at one point. Like, I'm sure the original book definitely is, not that I've read yeah. it. But it's, just, it's now just such a cliche. Yeah, it's everything. Well, have you... You don't really like... Musical theatre that much? Not a massive musical theatre. Have you fan, seen no. any off West End, off Broadway, random? Uh, weird not live. The weirdest thing I think I've seen was Avenue Q. <laughs> I love Avenue. I've not seen I think it is great. Yeah, Avenue Q is great. For those of you who don't know, it's um, like a Sesame Street type thing <laughs> for adults. Um, so all the puppets are characters on stage, and you can see them being manipulated. But um, it's got songs. <laughs> like the internet is for porn. The internet is for porn. Um, what do you do with a BA in English? If if you were gay. If you were gay. It's it, yeah. It's very of its time. It probably doesn't stand up very well. Yeah, I'm not sure it does. Yeah. Um, it is kind of that mid two thousands yeah brand of comedy. <laughs> Moving on then. Um, <laughs> we're on to drink. Hey, am um, I getting drunk? When no, you're not getting. Oh, drunk. you said last time that I was getting drunk. No. Um, you liar. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Well, you're not getting drunk, because uh, tis the season. Oh, tis. Tis the season. It's coming up to Christmas, um, and I know tis the season, because at this time every year, what always signals the season for me is the arrival of the Coca-Cola advert. Yeah. I've not seen it yet. So that it's is not, my... It's not Christmas until I've seen oh, it. Oh, I've seen it. I've not. Yeah. But anyway, that's my half-assed segue into fun facts about the Coca-Cola company. <laughs> God. Okay. Yeah. All Facts right. Number one: three point one beverages 
consumed around the world are Coca-Cola products. Wow, that's yeah. ridiculous. Of the 55 billion servings of all kinds of beverages drunk each day other than water, 1.7 billion are Coca-Cola trademark licensed drinks. Holy shit. They've got their own water as well, don't they? Probably. Yeah. They've got... Well, I mean, I've read these facts ahead of time, obviously, and there is some nonsense stuff. So, Coke makes so many different beverages uh, that if you drank one per day, it would take you over nine years to try them all. What the fuck are you talking about? Coca-Cola has a product portfolio of more than 3,500 beverages and 500 brands. Oh my god. Spanning from sodas to to energy drinks to soy-based drinks. Oh my god. That's stupid. Wow. It's a huge ass company, man. Oh my god. And they'll have different products for each country and stuff. So they won't sell, they'll sell something in uh, India yeah. that they don't sell here, kind of thing. Honestly, when I, start, when I started researching this topic, I, I was hoping that, you know, the facts would be it used to be made with cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, a lot of stuff about it being fairly evil, massive conglomerate. Yeah. Um, which I suppose this is, but these are actually just way more interesting than that stuff that you've, you've heard <laughs> Already know, yeah. times. Yeah. Um, three thousand more. Three. Three thousand five hundred oh, uh, different beverages and five hundred brands of beverage. That's stupid. So if you just think about like the Coca Cola, like the classic Coke, yeah, and then think about the different variations of that. Good God. So Coca Cola's thirty-five point one billion in revenue makes it the 84th largest economy in the world, just ahead of Costa Rica. Wow. Oh, my God. That was ridiculous. That's like, I can't remember what you, when I learned this, but I think that's, at some point, if you made Facebook into a country, it would be the third largest country in the world by population. Yeah. That's even worse than that. The Coca-Cola brand is worth an estimated $74 billion. God. Just the brand. More than Budweiser, Pepsi, Starbucks, and Red Bull combined. Fuck off! So, Coca-Cola brand is worth 74. The other brands together are worth 50. <laughs> oh, Jesus. 50 billion. That's, that's ridiculous. According to the brand's top 100. Although Coca-Cola revenue was 38% less than PepsiCo's last year. So, Pepsi and Cola, yeah. famous rivalry. Uh, Coke generated more in soft drink revenue. Right. Around 28 billion versus 12 billion. Oh my god. So, I mean, <laughs> the Coke Pepsi brand war of the 80s has been lost. Yeah. And won. Well, I mean, Coke, the drink Coke sells more than the drink Pepsi, but Pepsi yeah. just own more non beverage related products. Huh. <laughs> Such as uh, Quaker Oats. Pepsi owns Quaker Oats. Yep. <laughs> but the Quakers are happy. Uh, Frito and Lay's are the other two. I think Lay's are like the yeah. American Walkers. Pringles. Yeah. They own oh, that. Yeah. Pringles, Pringles is its own company, isn't it? Possibly. I think so. My research was drink, not crisps. Yeah. <laughs> um, if every drop of Coke ever produced were put into eight ounce bottles, classic. Yeah. Coke ball size and laid end to end, they would reach the moon and back over 2,000 times. <laughs> oh my god, that's ridiculous. Over that's a lot of Coke. That's far too much. That's far too much Coke. 
I wonder how much of that we've had or I've had. I haven't had Coke in ages, ever since I've been able to buy beer. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I've not had Coke in a while. I've had cola. <laughs> <laughs> Knock off Coke. Yeah. Well, I don't really drink soft drinks, yeah. like fizzy drinks. <laughs> Ridiculous, though. Um, so if you stacked up Coke's 2.8 million vending machines, they've got vending machines that they own around the world that yeah. are specifically for Coke products, they would take up 150.2 million cubic feet of space. That's the size of four Empire State Buildings. Oh, my God. 2.8 oh million God. vending machines that they own around the world. That's ridiculous. Oh, God. No. I can't even... This is this these these are just stupid numbers that I just can't. Yeah, it's it's like you know there are certain brands like Mickey Mouse and Mario that are just everywhere and they've just permeated mm. culture and society in such a way that like next fact uh, the red and white Coca Cola logo is recognised by ninety four percent of the world's population. Oh, God damn. So that is people who have never heard of Coca-Cola wouldn't recognise it. It reaches every corner of the globe. Oh, my God. Even if you've never had Coke, you'd recognise it. Because you'd just have seen it and you go, yeah, I've seen that around, I don't know what it is. Yeah. That might fall into... Yeah. Um, Apparently, Coca-Cola has reported that its name is the second most understood term in the world behind OK. That's coming from the company. Yeah, that is coming from the company, so they might be a little bit biased, but I also kind of believe it. Yeah. Like, you go into any restaurant in the world and ask for a Coke, they're going to know what you want. I do I do like going to restaurants saying I have a Coke, and they go, it's Pepsi, is that okay? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's not. I want a Pepsi, I would have ordered Pepsi. Have you seen, you must have seen The Invention of Lying. Yeah, years ago. It's it includes the best bit of product placement I've ever seen in my life. Because they do like the invention of lying, they're not they can't lie basically, and it's I don't know which company would have paid for it, but it's the guy sitting in front with a can of coke by his side. He goes, oh, "No, with the no, no, it's on the side of a bus. It's on the side of a bus. It's an advert for Pepsi. It says Pepsi for when they don't have coke. <laughs> Who the fuck paid for that? <laughs> like, Is that really self-aware Pepsi? It's like in um." In the fourth season of Community, it was sponsored like Subway basically paid for that. Yeah. And then they made the Subway, the sandwich company, they made them the bad guys of the entire season. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because nobody likes having to bow to corporate sponsors. <laughs> um, there are 33 non alcoholic brands that generate over 1 billion in revenue. So there's like, a, take the, the non alcoholic brands, the top selling. Thirty-three, Coke owns fifteen of them. Jesus! Uh, Around the world, an average person consumes a Coke product every four days. (laughs) I mean, that's a lot less than I expected. Well, I I mean, with all these numbers going on, I said I don't drink soft and fizzy drinks really, but I'm sure I'm probably in there (laughs) somehow. Yeah, I mean, every what. What is it? One person will drink it every four days? Yeah. Oh, I guess the population of the planet is like seven billion at this point, somewhere close to eight. You'll drink a Coke product or consume a Coke product every four days. So you don't really need everyone to be doing it every day. That's so silly. 
Wow, I've just I've just wrapped my head around that. Yeah, it's nuts. Unbelievable. What what's what's the website? Uh, this website, Business Insider. Oh shit! So yeah, okay. It's not on the This isn't a ad sponsored by Coke. It's not no. one of those ads. <laughs> um, ad disguising itself as an article. Coca Cola spends more money on advertising than Microsoft <laughs> and Apple combined. Oh my god, that's craziness. I mean, if anyone from Coke is listening, let us um, know. <laughs> this is this is taking their advertisement budgets from ten years ago. So this is twenty ten. Coca Cola spent two point nine billion on advertising. Microsoft Microsoft spent one point six billion, and Apple spent uh, six hundred and ninety one million. Oh my god! I mean, at this point, because they everybody don't need had an iPod, to. so they didn't need to. Advertise. Yeah, at this point, none of them need to, but they choose to because it's well. They just keep them the brand. Yeah. Well, it you're is, not going to forget about Coke, though, are you? Well, you might if they're not throwing their advertisements. Like this entire segment started with us discussing one of their advertisements. Oh God. Um, Americans ingest 1.7 million tons, or 10.8 pounds per person, of sugar each year from Coca-Cola alone. Nearly eleven pounds of sugar, just from Coke. Just from Coke. Fucking hell! How much sugar is in Coke? Do we have? Do we have that? Um, Thirty-nine grams of sugar per serving. <laughs> oh right. It's nearly five kilos <laughs> per year per person. Per person. My God, that's obscene. Ooh, just in America. Americans drink an average of 399 servings of Coke products per year. 50% of these are Coke brands, and 63 of those are Coca-Cola Classic. Wow. That comes to 125.7 Classic Coke servings per person in a year. Oh my god. That's one every... I mean, that, that easily meets the... One every four days. Oh, margin, easily, it? easily, that's ridiculous. Oh, it's depressing. Isn't yeah. It? So I assume I, I think a serving must be one of the three hundred thirty mil cans. Yeah, probably. Because a standard, the five, whatever it is five yeah. fifty. Those standard half the bottle thing. Yeah. Not half. Uh, there's the, yeah the standard off the shelf, and that's that's two servings apparently right. says in the bottle. It's so silly. Who's having, who's having, who's saving it? Yeah. Who's, having, who's having half of a bottle of Coke and then going, yeah, that's my, that's my one serving. And no one's sharing anymore, are they? But yeah, in one of those little cans, 39 grams of sugar. Oh, God. Which is just nuts. There's so much sugar. Um, the average Mexican, <laughs> moving away from America, the average Mexican drinks more Coke products than the average American, British, Indian, and Chinese person combined. Fucking hell. So much Coke being drunk in Mexico. Wow. I mean, it's hot. <laughs> On average, Mexicans drink 665 servings of Coke products each year. Okay, so of Americans, British, Chinese, and Indian, who do you think's next? India. India apparently drink nine, on nine. average. Nine. Servings of Coke products each year. Nine per person a year? Yeah. Me- oh, on yeah, average, Mexicans out. drink 665 servings of Coke products each year. I mean, I Americans drink, drink 399. I drink more than 90, yeah, so... Wow, well, I'm... you're British, so you probably drink 202. I mean, I probably don't. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I fucking don't. God. 
servings or yeah. products? Servings. Servings of products or just Coke? Of Coke products each year. Jesus. But that can be, I mean, as we discussed, they it's more than just Coke. They, they're, yeah. I think they're Minute Maid. And yeah, yeah, all that stuff. Oh, God. The Chinese, so British average 202 servings of Coke products a year. The Chinese, 32 and Indian nine, so two countries with huge populations. Yeah. For some, like, I suppose they just haven't permeated the the market of the Pepsi drinkers. <laughs> <laughs> Coke uses three hundred thousand tons of aluminium for its cans every year, just for its U.S. operations. That God. is equal to seventeen point four percent of the entire U.S. aluminium industry. Wow. Where do they get it all? Where do they get it all? Where do you get your aluminium? The shop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're just nipping down the co-op. <laughs> grabbing some... Get some oh, we're running low. <laughs> just get us a big roll. Send it to Tesco. <laughs> so Coca-Cola sells more than a thousand t- kinds of juice drinks. Right. Uh, including Simply, Minute Maid, Fruitopia, High C, Fuse, and... Odwala. I don't know any of those. No. Well, Minimage, you know. Fruitopia, you might know. No. Don't know fruit, well, is it a fruit-based drink? Well, it's a juice drink. <laughs> oh, yeah. But we fruit in it. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, those are all my Coca-Cola facts. Wow. It, like, we all know that these companies are... Paying no tax. Yeah. But I was going to say, are, like, disgustingly huge and, like, dictate huge corners of the market like monopolies do kind of exist yeah but you don't realize really what that means until you sit down and look at some of these stats that's so bizarre imagine i mean oh i can't even i can't even (laughs) should we move on yeah let's move on okay so I'm quite excited about this one. Okay, this is the miscellaneous. This is miscellaneous. And since I decided, because I'm the king, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm the king of the podcast, I decided that it was the... Um, <laughs> you decided that you were the king of the podcast? Uh, I did, because I'm the king of the podcast, so I get to decide that. Okay. Uh, since I'm the king of the podcast and I decided that this is going to be our last one before Christmas, we're going to take a bit, of br- a bit of a break. Yeah. I thought it would be a good opportunity to see how much you've actually learned. Oh, no. (laughs) So I've got a bit of a quiz. Right, okay, great. There are 15 questions. Wonderful. One for every episode that we've done. I have listened to all of our episodes once. That's all right, then. Then you'll you'll smash these. Yeah, I won't. (laughs) I think the first one is the only... um... I mean, that was 15 podcasts ago. First of June, the first episode. Episode one, be a superhero. Oh, I remember that. That yeah. was sweet. Uh, you taught us a little about Shakespearean insults and what they mean in a modern context. Okay, that sounds like me. But what was the randomly generated insult that you threw at me? Oh, I've got no fucking idea, this, mate. Now, this is the only multiple choice one that I'm giving you. Okay. Is it A, thou dissembling clapper cloud scullion? Is it B, thou rascally, ill-nurtured malt horse? Is it C, thou viperous, wasp-stung toad? Or is it D, thou bawdy, lily-livered shrimp? Or oh, I'm going to discount B, 
Okay. And I think I'm going to discount D. Uh, a and C are both ringing bells. Okay, so A is thou dissembling clapper clowned scullion. Yeah. And C is thou viperous wasp stung toad. I'm going to go with that one. Viperous wasp stung toad. Yeah. yeah. Correct. One out of one. Uh, I don't know why you'd have said A was... Um, ringing a, a bell. Ringing any bells. Because D was the one that I rolled for you. <laughs> so thou bawdy lily-livered shrimp was, was aimed at you. Uh, this one has three choices. Uh, three, three, three answers, we'll say. So the three points available. Episode two, dogs are too pure. They are. You describe Wojtek the bear cub. <laughs> yeah. Adopted by Polish soldiers who were training under the British Army in the Middle East during World War Two. Yeah. Uh, but what were Wojtek's favourite activities? Bathing. Uh, taking showers. Taking showers. I'll give you that, yeah. Drinking beer. Drinking beer. One more. Was it something like wrestling? Wrestling! Sure. Yeah! <laughs> You've got four out of four points. Question three. His Royal Highness, King Argoroth. <laughs> yeah, first one with Jack. First one with Jack. Uh, in episode three, the king uh, talked to us about meme history and culture, including dick graffiti in Pompeii, and which British propaganda phrase that has been adopted for the use on modern posters, tote bags, etc. Keep calm and carry on. Keep calm and carry on. Ding, 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 ding. So you've got five so far. I've got pages of this. I'm going to have to keep track of the score. <laughs> uh, so in episode four, the Turner Prize winning episode, uh, I put together a list of British TV shows remade in America under a different title. E.g. Oh, E.g. The Rear Guard is Dad's Army. Grace Point was Broadchurch. Sure. Uh, but what was the American name for Benidorm? Oh. <laughs> Bugger. Oh, I'm not going to get this one. Yeah. You didn't You didn't get it at the time either. This was in a quiz. Yeah. Is it something really simple just like vacation? No. No. It's hilarious. Um. I, I'm not going to get it. It's the big package. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, number five in pen- hashtag Pinocchio is Jesus. <laughs> I don't even know what that's referring to. <laughs> Sam and Howard from the Literal Literature oh, Podcast. Oh, yeah, they did the. Um, they came on and did children's came to teach us a thing or two about children's literature. For example, Roald Dahl hated beards. And how Red Riding Hood accidentally ate her grandmother. Um, <laughs> but what was the original title for the very hungry caterpillar? Oh God, I don't know. <laughs> I love this quiz so much. <laughs> uh, the the starving termite. <laughs> A week with Willy Worm. <laughs> We had a good laugh at that at the time as well. Yeah, I'm sure. Number six, animal cruelty is shit. (laughs) (laughs) At the time, some of our titles are like, yeah, that's it. (laughs) Spot on, that's it. Uh, This is the only question that isn't something that you learnt. Uh, We covered some really interesting stuff in this episode. Uh, Like there was a person that was the personality test for me. Yeah. Uh, There was some the, the martial arts scammers. That was that episode, and the amazing work that the RSPCA does. 
Uh, but what did you do during the cold open that makes it the worst cold open we've ever done? <laughs> <laughs> Guess I... how I spent my day today. <laughs> God, no. Uh, you checked your laundry. <laughs> that was the whole, don't go and check it, it's not done yet. You go, I'm going to go check it. It's not done yet. Oh, what did I fucking tell you? So you're still on five. I mean, you edit the cold opens. There's, there's a few, I'm sure there's a few more minutes you're going to pull from there. <laughs> there wasn't. Oh, believe me, there wasn't. Uh, number seven, let's go on an adventure. Yeah. On the advice of the Hobbycast, I went out to Teg's nose to potentially find a body in a suitcase. For context, listen to the episode. Yeah. Uh, what was the name of the app? Fuck. <laughs> oh, you should get this one. Oh, we talked about it recently. Yeah, that's yeah, that's why I brought it up. Yeah, um... like we're talking last week that I mentioned this to you. Oh, fuck, I don't know. Oh, yeah, you do. I'm gonna kick myself, but I'm gonna to have to pass. Oh, Randonautica. Randonautica. Oh, I had, mate. oh, I had something in my head that was like seafaring. And <laughs> that's where Nautica, you know. Number eight, the Lundy quiz. In this episode, we learnt a lot about each other. Expensive TV shows and some horrible medical stuff. (laughs) In... Oh, yeah. yeah. Was this the second one with Jack? Yeah, he was the quiz master for the quiz. In 1886, an unnamed man from which city caused a large explosion when blowing out a match? From which city? From which city did he hail? Oh, I don't know, Glasgow? Glasgow's oh, right! Oh, I don't know what I just... Yes! <laughs> uh, number nine, happy birthday, Luke. Hey! Hey, it's your birthday that one. That was a wholesome episode. We had some quality facts about tea. <laughs> see what I did there? That was, that was good. I do see what you did there, yep. yeah. You told me that Yorkshire Gold was the mo- was not the most expensive tea. Uh, but which one was? Oh, fucking hell, it's... It's something that... And how much was it? There are two 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 points here if you want. It's something that like only grows in Nepal and I don't know, passes through a civic cat or something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, it's called Tai Guan Yin. Do you know how much you told me it was? Oh, that's like... Per two, pound. 200 quid. Uh, 1,500. Fuck, okay. I, was going, I should have said two grand. <laughs> Closer. Uh, when I went to find the spelling for this tea, I discovered an article from October this year uh, that has that tea that you told me was the most expensive in number five. Okay. Of the most expensive teas. This is just a little fact. Fact-checking ourselves. <clears throat> well, accidentally. Uh, I found an article from October 2020. The most expensive... Is Da Hong Pao at uh, any guesses at how much? I'll give you a point if you can guess how much this tea is per pound. Uh, five thousand. I'll give you another guess. It's a long way from five thousand <laughs> per pound. Per pound, yes. Are we, are, are we talking hundreds of thousands? We are. Fuck off! Really? <laughs> For tea? For a pound of tea? Three hundred thousand. Double it. 600,000. Wow! 600,000 US dollars per pound of tea. Unbelievable. 
God, what does that taste like? <laughs> oh, I've really got to Is that going to cure cancer? <laughs> Number 10, bullshitted his way up the river. <laughs> <laughs> we discussed the amazing charity Mermaids in this episode, weird animal facts, and the largest number of books sold. Classic literature. Uh, but what was the name of the boat that Robert Smalls commandeered and navigated through five oh. Confederate blockades to freedom for him, his family, and his crew? You fucking prick. <laughs> <laughs> oh. What was the name of the boat? God damn it. As soon as you said bullshit his way up the river, oh, it's the Robert Smalls story. I remember that. Yeah. Do you? Do you, though? No, I don't. <laughs> I, I have no idea. CSS Planter. The Planter. Wasn't going to get that. So far you have six. I've shot, I shot myself in the foot on a few of these by getting into <laughs> real good detail on my stories. <laughs> yeah, you, you've, you really have. Uh, in episode 11, not a smart person, I tried to burn our mouths down. Yeah. <laughs> we still have that fudge. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the, uh, the delicious fudge. I'm the delicious pork scratchings. Uh, but what? Under which circumstances is it okay to shoot a Scot on a Sunday in York? Um, if it's with a longbow. No, I mean it's with a crossbow. Okay. Uh, but under on on a Sunday with a crossbow in York, when is it okay to shoot a Scotsman? If he's drunk. That's one of them. Yeah, there's another one. If it's during church. No, if Fuck. he was armed. Okay. Drunk or armed. You know, I'll just shoot him. Uh, number 12, in Decorate the Bathroom, <laughs> we, we learnt about a shit musical, again, uh, the history of Monopoly, and I, I, I can't read your lips. Uh, but <laughs> That was a great quiz. <laughs> that was so much fun. Uh, but what caused a spike in temperature on a plane that made the pilot think there was a fire? A uh, herd of cows. Yeah. Cattle farts is the answer I've got, but I'll give it to you. <laughs> Number 13, the unlucky poddy. We named the faces, our, our listenership. You did, you did, but you we, are the king of the podcast. We, yeah, so. I'm the king of the podcast. We, <laughs> we named. Uh, we got some random music facts and some opening lines from classic books. Uh, but number 17 in Roman numerals when rearranged into a Latin word, means my life is over. What's the Latin word? He's Ooh. doing it. He's working it out. He's working out <laughs> what 17 is. Yeah, that is what I was doing. <laughs> it's XVII. It is. When you rearrange them, what word means my life is over? Vixie? Yeah, Vixie! the only way those letters made sense in my head. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that's the unlucky unlucky number in, in, in Italy. Uh, number 14, which is the last episode in We Hashtag Host Caroline. Good episode. I like that episode. Uh, I found out about my name. You did? You did a cocktail quiz that Caroline won. And now I owe her a pina colada. Yeah. And I wrote a children's book. Uh, you did? <laughs> <laughs> Which Caroline will illustrate. Uh, Caroline brought us some fascinating facts about bees. She did. And I theorised about worker bees being able to change sex. Yes. Was I right? I've, I've fact-checked. Oh, so okay. I now know whether I was right or not. Was I right? 
So this isn't something I can I would know from listening to last week's podcast or being on last week's podcast. No, because we never actually found that out. I'm going to go. Well, well I mean, you, you can assume from knowing me whether I was right or not. Going to go with yes. No, I was wrong. Fuck! <laughs> I was definitely wrong. Uh, no, and I did. I, I, female worker bees come from fertilized eggs, uh, and and then the drones come from unfertilized ones. Apparently, and the queen gets to decide which eggs she fertilizes and which ones she doesn't. So she right, so an unfertilized egg gives birth to a bee. It just happens to be a male bee. Yeah, is that how <laughs> eggs work? Uh, apparently, in the bee world, and and number fifteen, this very episode. Okay, we're going for this. What do you call crows that stick together? Velcro. Yeah! <laughs> oh, I thought you were just trying something new. Like, let's open with a joke instead of a cold open. Why not? <laughs> you got ten. I'm going to say that that's not bad. Yeah. I, I mean, one... I mean, there was more than two, 15 three, points four, available for 15 five, six, questions, but... 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14... Okay, it was bad. 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. Okay, so it's more than half. It's more than... Josh. Josh. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's basically bang on half, yeah. if, you, if you think about it too hard. Uh, but yeah, yeah, we'll call that a win. Cool, because we've learnt a lot. We have learnt a lot. It's been we a can't very remember a fascinating. Lot. <laughs> we can remember about half of what we've learnt. It's been a very fascinating fifteen weeks. It has. It has. I've enjoyed it. And if you, uh, if you, oh, if 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 you want to go back and listen and, and try and remember more than Luke, uh, go back and re-listen to all the podcasts. We have covered some very interesting subjects. Yeah, we really have. It's amazing. Like I, I, I did have to sit down and listen to a few of them to find a good question, and, and uh, yeah, still fascinating, still funny. Blow me on trumpet. about it. So we're now going to draw the ones for the episode when we come back. Yeah. We don't know when that will be. We'll decide. And we'll. Tr- I say we'll. I'll tweet something. You'll put it on social media. I'll put it on the socials. You can. Uh, but it's a great opportunity for you to go back, find your favourite episode and just share that onto your Facebook page. Share it onto your Twitter. Just share your favourite episode, get people involved, get people to listen. Yeah, share it with us as well. We'd love to know. Yeah, I'd really like to know. Here we go. And so, as always, <laughs> if you've got any ideas for topics, let us know. I, I Shall we flip a coin to see who gets the, the miscellaneous. miscellaneous next time? Yeah, okay. That's, than that's fine. Thing. Alexa, flip a coin. I can't Flipping. Wait. It's tails. Okay, so... I'll take the miscellaneous. So you want the miscellaneous. <clears throat> so I will draw two. And there you go. So when we return, I will be covering Children's Lit. <laughs> that is a favourite on this podcast, it's, isn't no, it? No, it's a favourite. I've got food, which I'm actually going to happy about. We haven't had that for a little while. Cool. Cool, and I've got history. We haven't had that since you burned my mouth off. <laughs> and history, answer. excellent. History, History's lit. an excellent subject. We need to do that one way more, more often. often. Children's lit in history when we come back, and food, and whatever Luke chooses to do for miscellaneous. Miss. It's probably going to be something history related. <laughs> <laughs> Surprises! Uh, but yeah, yeah. thank you for listening. Um, it, it's, it, has, it has really been fun doing this. Well, yeah, we we do have a lot of fun doing yeah. this. We've uh, talked about a lot of fascinating stuff. Yeah, uh, I've learned 
a fair amount, actually. Yeah. I know I've got more useless knowledge than I used to. Um, so, of the 15 episodes, yeah. what have we learned? What do you mean? Do you mean just from from doing them or, or, or subject specific? Subject specific. What's the what's the what's a nugget of information that has stuck with you? Uh, the Robert Smalls one stuck with me quite a lot. That's, that's going to be mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that one stuck with me that as was, well. It's an excellent a, story. Such a cool story. What about you? Um, oh, now you got now I've got to think, haven't I? Yeah. You've got to think <laughs> um, actually, I might talk about the the history of Monopoly one again. Yeah. Yeah, the history of Monopoly, that was a good one. And what about um, the worst year ever? Yeah, that was an that excellent was, That was, like, that was yeah. like episode one, I think. Was yeah, that, was one. Was that episode one? I can't remember. <laughs> was that episode one or it it was, two? It was around there. Episode two was, was the, was the um, difficult second episode. <laughs> Oh, but yeah, listening. I feel like I've got a better grasp of what art is. <laughs> I still haven't got fucking grasp. <laughs> listening, listening back, I think they actually have improved over time as well. Oh, 100%. Yeah. The first we, we are constantly getting better. Yeah, the first we were a bit, uh, uh, this is a thing. Uh, and then we sort of grow in confidence and learn. Like, we, and we shall continue to get better. Yeah. And um, I've met some lovely people as yeah. well. Yeah, and I've I've spoken to my f- some friends that I haven't spoken to in a while. Yeah, and they've been excellent. Yeah, they've been excellent lovely. guests. They've been excellent to chat to. They brought something to the table. Yeah, all for of us them. to discuss. All of them nice. All of them lovely. All of them intelligent people, which is different for for, yeah. for us. Uh, but yeah, th- thanks thanks for for listening. Um, keep in contact, please. Uh, yeah, we'll see you in the new year. Have a fantastic Christmas. Uh, stay safe. Yeah, stay safe. Get get the vaccine if we if, if we're still doing that <laughs> before before this, the, the next one comes out, uh, and we'll keep you posted. Merry Christmas to everybody. You're gonna get Twitter. Uh, cool. See you later. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to Voice for TV. It's been so much fun getting to episode 15 and, and deciding to take a mid-season break just because you know why not it's, it's the holidays so i'm taking a holiday uh thank you to jack smith for doing all of the music it's been amazing thank you to jenny brown for doing the artwork uh we still fucking love it if you want to give us a follow on any of the social medias, we are at Voice for TV on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want to find us on Facebook, just search Voice for TV and you'll find us. If you want to follow me on social media, I am at Andy Cantalon on Instagram and at Andy underscore Cantalon on Twitter. If you want to get in contact with Luke, just... Uh, I don't know. I've done so many of these, who cares? Just, just shout... Just shout his name. Just yeah. Just just shout. He'll he'll, he'll hear you. Uh, I also want to take this moment to thank all the guests that have been on. So thank you to Howard and Sam from Literal Literature. You can find them at Literal Literature Pod everywhere. Thank you to King Argaroth. You can find him on Twitter at K Argaroth or on Twitch. Just go to twitch.tv slash King Argaroth. Watch his streams, so funny. Thank you to Caroline Ward, who appeared on last episode, episode 14. You can find her on Instagram at Caroline underscore underscore Ward. 
or you can find her on Twitter at Caroline underscore Ward one. Genuinely, thank you so much for listening. Uh, if if you have enjoyed listening to this first fifteen episodes, just find your favourite and, and post it somewhere. Stick it on your Twitter. Stick it on your your, your Instagram or, or your or your Facebook. Uh, tag us, tag us in it. Let us know which is your favourite episode. Or just 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 word of mouth. Word of mouth helps spread every podcast. Uh, but yeah, please just let us know what your favourite episode is, favorite, your favourite moments, anything. Just, just give us give us all the things. If you want to just send us an email, voiceforTV at gmail.com. Send us an email with anything. We don't care. Uh, and but, but yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, in the future, please continue to do that. Bye-bye! What do we do now? What do we do now? Oh, I'm gonna cook some dinner because I'm fucking starving. Okay. I meant, I meant for the next few weeks. I've got nothing to learn. <laughs> but you know, fine. I think you still can if you want to. Yeah, but I kind of want to save it. <laughs> I'd say with this kind of prep time, I might actually like bring some food to the podcast, but it'll be off by that time. Yeah. <laughs>